It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here's Donald. Carry it out. Deep ball. Separation. Caught. Robbie Anderson. Goodbye. Touchdown, Jets. The whole NFL is watching. A fourth and ten. And here they come. Make this pass. It's intercepted by Mosley. Moving on down the top. Bell breaks a tackle. Looking downfield, fires this one, and intercepted at the 34. Jamal Adams goes down on the ground and takes it away. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know and that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen. Thank you. Welcome to Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined to recap day number 19 of training camp at Florham Park. By the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And, of course, above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly. So, Chris, final day of training camp today. Go ahead, get it out one last time. Complain about how hot it was. It was so hot, but I was only out there for an hour, so it wasn't so bad. (laughs) Uh, But it was really hot. I was standing out there the whole time just thinking, oh, thank God, this is the last day I have to do this for another year. Were you standing there thinking to yourself, man, when this practice is over, I'm jumping in a pool somewhere? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And this was the final time for this year. More training camp to come next July, but for now, you're out of the woods, Mr. Nimbly. So let's talk about what went down in training camp today. We heard about the suspension of Brandon Copeland yesterday. He's going to miss the first four games of the 2019 season due to a suspension for use of performance-enhancing drugs. He was not out there today. I guess it was because he was too ashamed to practice. Yeah, he was he was um, too embarrassed to show his face. Uh, no, he uh, he had actually turns out he has a thumb injury. Uh, it's still in the evaluation stage there, so uh, they don't know the extent of the injury. But uh, so that's why he wasn't out there now. Um, and if you know, obviously, if that uh, thumb is healthy and he's able to. Uh, if they're still evaluating him today, he's probably not going to play on Saturday. But if he's healthy enough to be able to play in the final preseason game next week, then I would expect to see a lot of him out there. Uh, but, yeah, right now he's got a thumb injury. And obviously, healthy or not, he will miss at least the first four games of the season. And in his absence, Harvey Lange was running with the first team, right? Yeah, it was Harvey Lange today. Uh, there's They've been rotating guys in and out. We've talked about it all throughout camp and both the outside and inside uh, linebacker positions. Uh, you know, they rotate guys at every position a little bit here and there, but it, that uh, emphasis has been a lot heavier on the rotation with those outside linebackers and even the inside linebacker guys. Maybe cornerbacks kind of c- catching up, but a lot of that has to do with injuries and just throwing anybody. Just, hey, dude, who who can walk right now? Go out there. So uh, for the most part, it's been healthy guys rotating in and out with the outside and inside linebackers. Good news on the Tremaine Johnson front, Chris. He didn't practice today, but he was out there for warm-ups. Yeah, we got out there for warm-ups uh, everyone, right after they were stretching, just going through drills uh, and uh, you know, just loosening up and everything. Everybody else had their helmets on. He didn't have a helmet on, so right away you could tell that he was just going through the motions of stretches and warm-ups. Uh, 
but he looked he he looked uh, to be healthy out there. Obviously, he's he's he didn't practice today, so he's not going to end up playing uh, on Saturday night. But my guess is that he will be practicing next week. Um, you, you know, he won't end up playing during uh, the final preseason game either. Of course, uh, the starters won't be doing that, but I expect him to be back at practice next week and then ready for the regular season. I got to be honest, Chris, when I saw that he was warming up, I kind of felt like it wouldn't matter if he was able to practice or play or do anything for the next couple weeks. Just him being able to be out there for warm-ups is enough for me to say, throw him in out there because he can't be any worse than the other options. No disrespect, of course, to the great Arthur Millette, Tavon Campbell, and Alex Brown. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's funny how having this uh, the injuries like this and – go through the depth chart and have this many poor options behind them will make Jets fans fall in love with Tremaine Johnson all over again. It's almost like the day that uh, he signed here with everybody uh, happy to hear about him coming back. But it obviously that's a huge upgrade over what they've been uh, putting out, even if he's inconsistent like he was last year. Um, and with with all the injury concerns and, you know, even the other position, it loses Avery Williamson, then the suspension of Brandon Copeland, and now at, to, on, to go on top of the quarterback issues, it, it's definitely good for fans to hear that he'll be coming back. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress, and that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Chris, as you said, a much shorter practice, so let's talk about what happened afterwards. You had an opportunity to hear from Adam Gase, Leonard Williams, and Ryan Khalil. What did they have to say? Yeah, well, Gase, Gase had a, a bunch of stuff to say. Yeah, um, it, he, this is something we were talking about the other day, of, or we've been talking about, is how much uh, should you play starters in the preseason? And uh, he was asked about, the Colts have decided not to play any of their starters in the, the uh, third game of the preseason. Uh, and then he was asked about it and he said, you know, Hey, I think everybody's different obviously. And it's only Frank Wright's second year as the coach there, but having that second year, it makes it more viable to do. 
He's a, you know, with, with him being the first year guy here, implementing new offense and still getting to know the players and the guys, Greg Williams still getting to know the players and implementing his system and, you know, a bunch of new people for Brant Boyer. It just, it wouldn't make sense for them to consider that. They, they still need to iron a bunch of things out and work that out. But he, you know, he, he was asked about if this is something that he sees like trending with most teams going forward. And he was a little hesitant to do that, but he certainly didn't uh, seem to rule it out uh, that, you know, in a year or two that he could be sitting here saying, you know what, maybe we shouldn't be playing starters so much in the preseason. So that was interesting to hear. Um, He talked to, uh, uh, he was asked about, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about this tempo of this offense. We've seen it in preseason throughout training camp and playing at a higher tempo, a much faster pace. And someone asked him about that and compared it to his time in Miami where it was he was one of the slowest offenses in the league. He he kind of laughed at it and was like, well, thank you for, put, for pointing that out. Um, he gave an answer, but his answer could also just be some that look at the, the roster I had to work with. Um, <laughs> the exact quote is, I think the players – I think the players we have dictate how we kind of play. I think we're doing last year what we had to do. We were doing last year what we had to do and what we're kind of showing right now this year, our players are kind of telling me that's how they'd like to play. So he, he go, he went ahead and, and gave a little bit of the responsibility for the players to play, like saying the players are dictating this and Hey, let's play at a faster, faster speed. But he kind of gave away the, the, the bag there at the beginning um, the players dictate this, and he didn't. At least he didn't. He had some speedy receivers. Even Kenyon Drake's got whatever, but he didn't have it with the quarterback. That that was clear. So that held him back from being able to run an uh, a up tempo offense, a, a much faster pace. And Sam Darnold, the way he can process information and everything, that that's going to make a big difference. Um, he was ta- asked a lot about Marcus May about getting him back. Um, Marcus Bay is going to – he's going to play this week. He'll have uh, – you know, he talked about his injury, getting him through there, just what great shape he's in. And you can see and tell that Marcus is in really good shape. Uh, he, his conditioning and his, his working out and exercising was not hampered by that shoulder injury. I can promise you that. Uh, and then just – about Marcus May and Jamal Adams and what like what about the pairing of them excites him so much. And he went on and on. He, he answered like three different questions about this, but about how interchangeable they are. And he pointed out that as, you know, we, we heard Todd say this and other people say this, but Todd, pretty, uh, Todd Bowles pretty much only played them in single roles. <clears throat> Marcus was the deep safety. Uh, and then Jamal was more of a box safety, and Gase pointed that out. But he said, you know, they they are interchangeable. You can have them playing uh, switching spots. Both are good in coverage. Both have a knack for the ball. So they, I do expect them. And even I talked about this uh, about covering up for the loss of Copeland and Avery Williamson. They're going to be doing some three safety sets with Rontez back there as well. And, in all training camp, Rontez was getting those single high safeties. So you could really be looking at a situation where they got the three of them back there. And out before the snap, you're not entirely sure which one's going to be doing what. 
they they can all play down inside closer to the line. They can have two of them back. They can have one of them back, and it could be they could do some type of rotation where the quarterbacks sit there getting ready to snap the ball and really not sure who is going to be the deep safety, who's going to be playing in the box. He also talked about Ryan Khalil, uh, the plan for Ryan Khalil on Saturday night. And the plan right now is to give Khalil about a quarter uh, in the game. They also want to get Jonathan Harrison more snaps with the first team as well. Uh, so obviously they don't want to overdo Ryan Khalil. So it's a little bit of a, a win-win there from that front because they, they can still get Harrison more work there and also get Khalil the work he needs without overdoing it. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Chris, I guess Dontrell Inman wasn't the end of the wide receiver search. The Jets bringing in, and I'm going to do my best to pronounce this name because I'm not entirely sure that I'm going to be right. Quincy Adeboyejo. They brought him in from the Ravens last year. He's on their practice squad, got promoted to the active roster at the end of the year, but never actually played. Good size, played his college ball at Ole Miss. I guess this means that they're not really happy with what they have right now because if they went out and tried to get Inman and now they're bringing in other wide receivers for a visit, something's got to give, right? Yeah, it has to give. Um, again, obviously they're they're happy and content with the top three guys they have. We've been talking about this all offseason. There is no depth there. Even, even if you're as high as possible on Deontay Burnett and even if we were just going to – uh, talk about Tim White uh, just from what we saw in those first couple of weeks of training camp. You still have to be concerned about the depth of this receiver position. So uh, they they were looking at him and they were uh, prepared to give him you know a decent contract for at this point in the season year. Uh, they didn't get him. I don't think this will be the guy that that's going to be coming in to claim that spot on the roster. Uh, but they're definitely going to look to add another receiver or two. Um, you know, they've, they've got some guys that they're going to use in the special teams with Dorch and Josh Bellamy, but they need somebody they can trust to, to be a fourth or a fifth receiver. Chris, the game on Saturday is at MetLife Stadium, and the starters are going to play the most that they've played in the preseason. Now, I don't think they're going to play necessarily into the fourth quarter as they have in some previous years, but I would imagine they're going to play a fair amount, right? Yeah, that I'm, I'm going to say, you know, for the bulk of them, like we just said, uh, Khalil's only going to play about a quarter. Uh, but for the bulk of them, they're going to get uh, the first half, uh, you know, maybe a series at most. But you're not going to see Sam Darnold out there on the second series of the second half. That, that's going to be pulled. Uh, you could see some more players, uh, especially in the cornerback situation again. Uh, Tremaine's not going to be playing. Daryl Roberts won't be out there that late, but – Tevon Campbell, the, all these guys that we've been talking about that have been rotated in and getting shots with the first team, the absence, they're just they're going to try to get as many of them out there as possible. 
Uh, but you're going to see, you know, you'll see Robbie, you'll, you'll see Quincy, you'll see Herndon, <clears throat> you'll see a lot of Ryan Griffin. That's another position that obviously Herndon's got the suspension to start the season as well. So they want to, it's a two different things they got to work out here. They want to, for Herndon to treat everything like he's got, he was just going to start the season. They want him to get as much work in and be ready but they know he won't be there for the first four weeks, so they really need to get Ryan Griffin some extra reps. They will do that. <clears throat> but you're going to get a lot of starters out of this game for, for the first half and maybe a, a series in the second half. Hey, guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. We'll talk more about this tomorrow on our pregame show. But I have to say, Chris, if you're somebody that lives relatively close by, tickets are selling for about $5 on StubHub right now. You could take the family or just your kids or just your wife or your girlfriend or hang out with some buddies. For that amount of money to go out and be able to see the starters play for a half you could even go for just a half if you want at that price and not feel guilty about leaving. If you're somebody that's not planning on going to the regular season games, or even if you are but you have nothing to do on Saturday night, this doesn't seem like a bad way to spend your evening. Yeah, go for a half of football. Uh, just go ahead listen. Uh, I'm, this is a Jets uh, podcast geared towards Jets fans. So if I just tell you pay five bucks to go see Sam Darnold spin the ball, mm-hmm. you got nothing else to do. That's a pretty decent Saturday night. And by the way, before anybody asks, no, the Jets aren't paying me, and it wouldn't make sense for them to do that because I said these tickets are on StubHub. So if anything, I'm trying to help people that can't make it to the game and are selling their tickets for five bucks. But like I said, if you're a Jets fan – and you're not doing anything Saturday night for five bucks. Why not go out for a half? I think it'll be fun to get a nice crowd out there and kind of give the players a preview of what they can expect crowd-wise when the season starts. And I think this year, the crowd is probably going to be the noisiest and the most disruptive to the opposing team that it's been at least since 2015. Yeah, at least since then. Uh, we'll see We'll see how, this, how long that uh, noise lasts you know especially with a tough stretch at the beginning of the season uh but that there is undeniably a lot of excitement around this team right now and understandably so um you know this team has a lot of problems a lot of holes especially with the depth they aren't they're not deep but the top of the roster is pretty good so there's a lot of playmakers a lot of things to be excited about for this fan base As I said, we're going to talk about this a little bit more tomorrow in our pregame report, but it is definitely worth thinking about if you're somebody that was on the fence about going. I want to bring this up, Chris. Now, Ian Rappaport came out and shot this down, but there was a report out of Washington that the Patriots, who we do know have interest in Trent Williams, were ready to become available, had reached out to the Redskins and offered a first-round pick for Trent Williams, and the Redskins had said, no, it's not enough. Now, I don't know whether it's true or not, but... 
it does seem like something that could be in that vicinity. Maybe they reached out, asked what it would take. Maybe the Redskins then asked for a first-round pick plus, and nothing came of it beyond that. I'm not sure. But in one sense, it backs up what you were saying, that the Redskins don't want to trade Trent Williams because if they were just looking to unload him or felt like they didn't have power in this situation, they would have traded him certainly for a first-round pick, or if the report is wrong, even maybe for a second-rounder or something like that. I think a lot of Jets fans are of the belief that at some point the Redskins are going to be forced into dealing him and that somebody's going to get Trent Williams on the cheap. Whether this report is true or not, and I don't know if you have anything on this, Chris, so I'll throw it to you, I think that Jets fans should give that ghost up because if the Redskins are going to trade Trent Williams, it's not going to be on the cheap. Yeah, it's definitely not going to be on the cheap. Uh, I don't know, uh, you know, the, how true this is or isn't. Um, I, I will say this. I found it funny. I was looking at Rap, uh, Rap Sheet's tweet, and I was looking underneath, and there was people like, the Patriots would never make this trade. How do you not know how the Patriots work? And I'm just like, no, no, you're the one who doesn't understand this here. And they're like, Patriots would never trade a first-round pick for a 31-year-old player. This isn't a 31-year-old player. This is Trent Williams. He is a game-changer. And with Tom Brady at this stage in his career, do I believe Bill Belichick would trade a first-round pick for Trent Williams? Absolutely, I believe that. That would be an extremely smart move. He's going to be picked. It's going to be number 31 to 32. Tom Brady is approaching the end of his career. I absolutely believe he would do it. I don't know that he has made that offer, but I absolutely believe he would. But, yeah, everything I've heard about um, Washington's stance is, you know, it's not that it, they won't trade him at all. You give him a good enough offer and they'll take it. But they're not just going to trade him just simply to get him out of here. They're not going to trade him just to, because he wants to be traded. So if he wants to go ahead and sit out, Dan, Daniel Snyder – is petty enough and spiteful enough that he will say, then you go ahead and sit out and not collect any of this money. And he will do that. And unless somebody uh, comes away and gives him a, a really nice offer for it, he's not going to budge. He will enjoy making Trent Williams just sit out and not earn any more money than he would more than he would enjoy trading him away for, uh, you know, a, a cheap deal. And as you said, yes, he's 31, but he's still an all-pro at this stage of the game. And while you could make the argument that a team like the Jets wouldn't be well-served making a deal like that because you would say they could use their draft picks to really build for the future around a 22-year-old quarterback, very different situation in New England where Tom Brady is 41. Now, we all expect him to play until he's 95 at this point, but... Odds are he's probably only got three, four years max left in him. So if they can bring in Williams to be his lead protector for those three to four years, then it's a move that the Patriots would probably strongly consider if that move becomes an option for them. By the way, it's not like the Patriots haven't traded draft picks in the past. We know that they did trade a first rounder for Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks was not 31, but he also wasn't as good at his position as Trent Williams is at his. Right, and Belichick doesn't make moves for five years down the line. Belichick makes moves for right now, and just look at Cooks as an example. They they made that trade, and then they got him out of there really quickly. Like so, the age thing doesn't isn't going to be much of a concern to him. Especially Trent Williams, it's Trent Williams and Tyron Smith that at left tackle. Like 
the, those are the guys right now. And they're so clearly above everybody else. Trent Williams makes such a huge difference. Um, again, Belichick doesn't do uh, moves thinking about five years down the road. He's thinking about this year right now. If he's going to try to swing a trade, it's for right now. Uh, you know, everybody thought that uh, thinks that remember when he signed Revis, like that's not a typical uh, Belichick move, but he saw and identified that they needed a cornerback like him. And they said, Hey, we're going to bite this bullet and pay him this a huge salary for one year, and then we're going to move on from him. And they got him a Super Bowl. So to think that Belichick wouldn't do this is kind of baffling to me. Uh, also just about Trent Williams, I know a concern a lot of people have uh, about giving up too much for him is not only his age but his injury history, and it's understandable. But you do have to keep in mind what a disaster that Washington medical staff has been and there's always the possibility that he could get healthier just by going to a more competent and better medical staff. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Worth noting, by the way, Chris, that the Patriots didn't pay Darrell Revis that much money. It was a one-year $12 million deal. So that was kind of one of those, you come here and prove that you're still Revis Island and we'll get you an opportunity to win a Super Bowl, and then you'll also have the opportunity to go out and get a huge contract, whether it's from us or from a team like the Jets. And you remember it was the two of them bidding against each other, and the Jets were the ones that obviously outbid the Patriots. But that was a mercenary type of deal on both ends, the Patriots and Darrell Revis, because they realized that it was a mutually beneficial arrangement. And I think a lot of the reason that Belichick makes moves like that, as you said, short-term moves, is because he knows he can. Because unlike other major decision makers, Belichick has a really strong history of being able to find guys to replace the guys that he gets rid of. So he realizes that if he gets rid of Brandon Cooks, he can get that pick and then use it to get another guy that's going to be a key starter, maybe pluck another wide receiver from somewhere that he can fit into his system with Tom Brady, and away they go. So most teams don't have that luxury. They have to keep building for the future, unless, of course, it's a situation like a quarterback at the end of his run, like, say, the Pittsburgh Steelers or something like that to some degree. But Belichick knows he can always plan short term because he can always replenish the guys that he gets rid of. And that's exactly it. He has a history of doing that. And let, let's go ahead and take this to, to fantasy football uh, uh, because uh, I'm, I'm in a keeper league with a bunch of my friends from high school. Last year I, I uh, made a big trade for – I decided I wanted Patrick Mahomes with a, a low-round uh, keeper tag. I made a big trade getting rid of him, and I traded more than I, than I knew I should have, but I was okay with it. Because I knew I'd be able to go ahead and replenish and get a bunch of other guys at lower tags. I knew I'd be able to do that. I trust my ability and how much I know about football and uh, over everybody else in my league that I knew I'd be able to do that. And uh, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not comparing myself to Bill Belichick here. Uh, but my point is, like, when you have that faith and you know that you can do that, then you're going to – why Why wouldn't you do it? He's not as concerned. Uh, he knows he'll be able to go whatever it costs him to give up. All right, cool. He's going to lose a first-round pick. He's going to find some guy in the third who's going to play like a third-round pick. So it's going to work out in the end. 
By the way, not that this matters for the Jets, but I thought it was interesting because Chris, you used to cover him, and obviously he was a really good Jet for a short period of time, but Snacks Harrison has signed a one-year, $11 million deal to stay with the Lions. Not quite as much as Ezekiel Elliott is looking for, and I thought this is interesting, Chris, because it sort of relates to Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was trying to set the running back market when he became a free agent and decided not to sign that franchise tag and turn down the Steelers' offer, and you could obviously argue that he gambled and lost he would say life's a gamble he would say that he won because he got a little bit more of fully guaranteed money and he got to pick where he wanted to play as opposed to being cemented in with the Steelers and getting a little bit less fully guaranteed money but now Ezekiel Elliott is trying to further set the running back market by doing something similar to what Le'Veon Bell did now let's be clear about this Le'Veon Bell did not have a contract technically, so he wasn't holding out on a previously signed contract, which is what Ezekiel Elliott is going to do. But similar circumstance here, Chris, with a running back that is trying to make sure that he gets paid the most he can and in the process hopefully raise the pay rate for elite running backs like himself. Yeah, look, he he looked at what Le'Veon did last year and said, I'm a one-up you. Uh, I'm a, I'm a raise this because like you just said, Le'Veon wasn't under contract. It, Zeke's not only under contract, he's got two more years left. So uh, this, this is a bold move, but he wants to be paid and he wants to be paid now. And he wants to be paid like the best running back in, in the league. And that's how, that's how it works in the NFL. When your time is up, it doesn't, you can, we can sit here and quibble whether he's the first, uh, the, the best running back in the league, the second, third, fourth. It doesn't matter. We see this with quarterbacks all the time. If you're a, a top half there and your your name is called, your con, it's time for your extension, you get paid like the best. That's how it works, and he's, he's trying to do that. Uh, obviously, the Cowboys are trying to pay him less than that. They're leaking out reports that, you know, they've made him an offer to be the second highest paid, of course, that report has no mention of the guaranteed money. So it's obviously designed to get fans riled up and paint uh, Zeke Elliott as greedy, but I don't think that's going to bother Zeke at all. He's going to be more than comfortable with people calling him greedy. Just go ahead and give him that money. Chris, you and I have talked about this off the air before. I don't really have any problem with the owners trying to pay the least amount and the players trying to get the most amount they can get. That's exactly how the business world works. You use your leverage, you try to get the best deal for yourself, and that's how this goes. I just think that it's interesting to see that these running backs who have been paid a lot less than other positions and that they've seemingly been valued much lower than a lot of these other positions are looking to change that. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think that Ezekiel Elliott is doing this because he wants to be a martyr for other running backs' position. Le'Veon Bell suggested that that was part of his thinking, and I don't think that this is the case of Melvin Gordon either. I think they're just looking to get the most that they can get. But if in the process they move the needle, then I'm sure that a lot of other running backs will be grateful for it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I I think that's the same with Le'Veon. I think that wasn't that clearly wasn't his intention going into it but once he started he was like i hope this can be you know a springboard for uh, future running backs the the fascinating thing here with uh with zeke is you know we've talked a lot about don't pay running backs and how Le'Veon was an exception for the jets because of sam darnold and the lack of weapons and all that but also it 
the Cowboys have built their entire team around having Ezekiel Elliott. So, like, a running back will never have more – with the way the NFL is now, a running back will never have more leverage than what Ezekiel Elliott has right now. So you can sit there and say, okay, he's got two more years on his contract. But it, I'm, if you have leverage in life in anything, go ahead and use that leverage. I don't, I don't care what your job is, what it is. If you have the leverage, use it. And this offense was built around him – he's got more leverage than any other running back possibly could have. So uh, go ahead and get it. And I'm with you. I don't think I don't have a problem with the Cowboys trying to pay him as little as possible. I don't have the Cowboys uh, have a problem with the Cowboys uh, from the Cowboys side of things, them using the media to try to uh, mislead the public. I do have a problem with the media playing along with that because our, our job is to tell you what's going on, not purposely mislead you. Reporters know exactly what they're doing when they give out this <clears throat> second highest uh, running back thing and, and no mention of guarantees. They know what they do when they give you the, the total contract numbers, the inflated numbers, and then wait a couple of days to sneak in the guarantees. They know exactly what they're doing at this point. I have a problem with that, but this is a business negotiation. Uh, as long as we're sitting here and, and, and their society constructed the way it is, both sides got to try to do what's best for them. I have no problem with it either way. Like I said, that's just the way business works. I'm just kind of fascinated by the running back market. This is a position that hasn't been very highly valued. And now we're going to see if that starts to change with the guys at the top, with Melvin Gordon, with Ezekiel Elliott. We saw it a little bit with Todd Gurley and with Le'Veon Bell. We'll see if there's any kind of shift change. But I will say this going forward. Obviously, everybody can agree on this. If you're a running back that wants to get paid in the NFL, you better be somebody that can do something in the passing game. But that extends past the NFL and into fantasy football because if you draft a running back in the top five of your fantasy football draft, you want somebody who's going to be able to give you a ton of all-purpose yards and touchdowns in a variety of different ways. And that means a running back that can make plays both in the passing game and the running game. Who is it that you prefer to draft? Well, that's up to you. And it's something that you can decide when you go and sign up for an opportunity to win $3.5 million in the best ball championship at the draft app and draft.com. In addition to attempting to win that $3.5 million, what's great about playing fantasy football with the draft app and draft.com isn't just the shot at $3.5 million. It's also the fact that it's very easy and it doesn't take a lot of effort. It's a simple snake draft. No salary caps, no auctions or anything like that, plus no roster maintenance. You make your picks, and they will take care of your roster the rest of the way. They'll make sure that your best players are in at all times. And if that sounds good, I'm about to make it sound even better because if you go over to the draft app and draft.com right now, make your first deposit, use the promo code PLAYLIKE, PLAYLIKE, P-L-A-Y-L-I-K-E, and you get a free entry into the Best Ball Championship for a shot to win that $3.5 million. So go ahead over to the Draft app and Draft.com right now. And when you do use that promo code to join the Draft app and Draft.com, you're going to pick a running back in that top five. I don't know if you want to pick Ezekiel Elliott necessarily because I don't know if he's going to start the season. He may come a little bit late. But you definitely want to pick a real difference maker. Somebody, like we said, Chris, that can make a difference in the passing game and the running game because 
Those are the guys that are not only going to pay dividends in fantasy drafts, but are also the ones that are going to get paid the most going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Today's NFL, uh, you know, you you have to be able to pass, uh, catch the ball out of the backfield. You have to be able to pr- pass, protect. Uh, you have to be able to do all that as well. But uh, running between the tackles isn't nearly as efficient or as, you know, we once – no one even thought about it, so I don't want to say it's as, not as efficient as it once was, but it's not something anyone ever questioned. And now teams are wisely t- worrying and wondering about efficiency with every play call. So if, if you want to be a running back, you want to get paid in this league, you better be a good receiver as well. Chris, last order of business – I feel like Popeye's, Chick-fil-A, Wendy's, Bojangles, and all the other places that are fighting over who's got the best chicken are just ripping us off on our New Jersey versus New York pizza debate. They were listening to the podcast, they heard what we were doing, they saw that it was generating buzz, and they jumped on the bandwagon and tried to co-opt our movement. Yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, that's, that's definitely clearly what happened here. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because this, this started up a a while ago, almost a month ago that I, I started seeing people talking about the Popeye's chicken sandwich. And I went about a month ago and I got it and it is amazing and glorious and wonderful. And yes, it is better than Chick-fil-A's, which is also a a great sandwich, but, uh, it really took over, took on a life of its own. And then the, uh, Chick-fil-A was feeling some type of way about how much traction this this Popeyes was getting and then Wendy's tried to butt in and uh, yeah and all these other ones started trying to climb and these little these little chains you can't be like a local chain that's not national and try to get into this conversation you you can't do that I I don't I don't know where Bojangles is I I don't know how to get to that you you can't enter this conversation sorry guys I have not tried the Popeye sandwich yet, but based on the Very Big Deals review, I may have to check it out. I will say this. I love Chick-fil-A. Joe Caparoso and I tease each other about it because he came out on Twitter and said that Chick-fil-A was overrated, and I said, delete your account. So (laughs) that's something that we joke about a lot. I love the grilled cool chicken wrap. As I was telling you, Chris, it's the perfect thing for when you're on the road. You need something quick, but you want something healthy. You don't want to eat pure junk. You get the grill cool chicken wrap. You get yourself some veggies in there, grilled chicken. It's nice and healthy. It's not super expensive. You can get on your way, whatever it is you're doing on your way to work, on a trip, visiting somebody, whatever it is. Even if you're going to the beach or something and you just want something to eat while you're there lounging out and relaxing. I think Chick-fil-A is perfect for that. So I'm going to have to try this Popeye sandwich now and see how it compares. But I am a big Chick-fil-A fan, as I know you are too, Chris, even if you prefer the Popeye sandwich right now. But I know that regardless, you are happy that you don't have to eat or drink anything in the boiling sun anymore now that training camp is over. So we will have plenty of news. We will have game recaps. And as I mentioned on Twitter, going to have a full schedule coming out soon. Some surprises in there, some new faces, some new concepts, but of course, some familiar faces as well. Chris, last year at this time, you weren't doing any podcasts with me. Now you're going to be doing some, so it's awesome to have the very big deal during the season for the first time. 
And we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of other things. I will say that I'm excited to continue the seven-day-a-week coverage into the regular season. It's been really interesting doing it in the offseason. Some people have wondered how. This is what happens when you have a passion for this team that probably isn't healthy. And most normal people would think that you're out of your mind. But once the regular season starts, it's going to be even more fun, especially if the Jets are winning. And let's hope that that starts on Saturday when we will see the most action that we have seen in the preseason with the New York Jets and their starters. Chris will have full coverage of that with a pregame report beforehand and a postgame report right afterwards. I'm really excited about it. In the meantime, before we get to our pregame coverage tomorrow, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know what you've got up at JetsInsider.com. Yeah, training camp is officially over now, so again, no more three observations there, but uh, I am going to do, I'll have a, a tomorrow morning, which will, when you're listening to this, will be today. Um, just like uh, a, an article about the biggest surprises of camps, pleasant surprise, disappointing surprise. I'll have that up tomorrow. Uh, I also talked to Blake Cashman today, so I'll have, uh, I'll probably put that up either tomorrow or Saturday uh, during the day before the game. Got, got to talk to him for a little bit, so that was good. Uh, working on a couple of different things with some of the other players that I, I need some more quotes for, but I'm going to be trying to, uh, you know, get something out about Marcus May, something about Rontez. Um, I got I got an idea for a story that I want to talk to Ryan Khalil about too. So I, I'm going to have a bunch of this stuff. Now the, now that they opened up the locker room, I can get a lot more uh, quotes and uh, talk to the players a lot more because I can just kind of roam around the – locker room and just talk to them so it's a it's a lot easier to get that stuff than it is during training camp quick update as we end the podcast the jets did end up signing wide receiver quincy at a boy show we will talk more about this tomorrow and have more details and hopefully we'll have a definitive pronunciation on his last name the corresponding move made with the addition of at a boy show was the release of wide receiver J.J. Jones. So again, we'll talk about that more tomorrow. But in the meantime, make sure that you follow Chris on Twitter, at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. Follow his deputy editor, at Allen underscore S-C-H-E-C-H-T-E-R. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.